Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. I'm Jason. That's John. That's Mitch. And today we're talking about brand message. What is it? What does it mean? Somebody needs to know. So we'll tell you. Go. Yeah, cue the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Our, I, I was I was informed that our music is going to change, and yes, this is going to stay in for all of our listeners. So apparently, the three of us need to kind of sharpen our musician skills, and we need to pick up an instrument. It's okay. Mitch has plenty. Uh, John, where'd you go? <laughs> I've got enough for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pick up an so, instrument. Yeah, many uh, many people that are watching this or have met us, they don't really, they, they they may not know this, but we are musicians. Uh, we're not good, but <laughs> we play. Well, I was say, using that term with me is malpractice. So you know. yeah, I mean, if you look behind you on camera, for those that are watching this on video, Mitch has a nice is uh, electronic drum set. How old is that drum set? It's probably about ten years old. Yeah, and then you've got your Les Paul hanging up behind you, and I know you've got like two other guitars, so we've got plenty of equipment to kind of just get together one day in a garage and literally. Here's be a PA talk. system. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got that behind you, so we got we can put this show on the road, everybody. We can put the podcast on the road, open up the Let's music. Do yeah, do it just like Craig Ferguson used to do with the Late Late Show back in the day. So uh, we could uh, we could all try to play, try to play one day through Zoom. Yeah, that would be. Fun. It'd be fun also, too, if we all could get to go outside and do a live event and nobody was getting sick and everything was going, you know, but that's kind of dark. So we'll just get back on track with this other stuff. <laughs> back to uh, Come back to the light. Yeah, come back to the light. So let's start off with something fun. Mitch, what's the tidbit for today? Well, today's tidbit, I was doing a little research on the web uh, on as far as our topic and then discussing brand message. And I found some really useful information from an unusual place at least i thought it was unusual um you're familiar with the hartford the insurance company yeah they have a page on their website on business strategy and within that within that section of the site they have a page on what's your brand message versus a sales message hmm. and i think that's a nice basic place to start because you need to differentiate a lot of people maybe confuse those two things they do a really good job on their site <clears throat> of actually Give you a basic thumbnail sketch of what a brand message is versus what a sales message is. So basically, from them, a, a brand message it starts out something like this. Um, it's helpful to create a brand guide. Where have we heard that before? Which is a reference book that lays out your brand message. Questions to ask as you develop your brand guide include, first one, what does your brand stand for? Okay. Number two, what emotions should people associate with that? which that made my ears perk up because I'm a, I'm a big believer in emotion and, and branding and marketing. Um, number three, how do you talk to your customers and prospects? 
And number four, is your image more casual and friendly or more professional and buttoned down? Now this is again, it's on a very basic level as far as developing a brand message. <laughs> um, so, but it's a good starting place. It really is. And then they go into the sales message and basically they, they tell you what the, the basic uh, tenets of what a brand, what a sales message is and that's identify the problem, present the solution, demonstrate value, say to call to action. Mm -hmm. So basically what you get is you see that a brand message is much more philosophical for lack of a better term. A sales message is much more practical. Uh, it's more of a, more of a, uh, more of a how to and less of a what's it about kind of delineation. But I thought that was very interesting. I think Dean's very smart on the Hartford's part, uh, especially as appealing to business clients. To, you know, it, it's a little bit of added value that you're, that you're kind of providing your, your prospects yeah. and your existing customers. Well, there you go, everybody. There's the podcast for today. So <laughs> catch you later. We kept it under 30 minutes. We, we got it under 30 minutes. All right. Efficient. Uh, yeah. The crossover. <laughs> what, what's the crossover between those two? Because there's got to be the, the value proposition also has to be in the, the brand message, right? So I'm just trying to think through the what's the crossover between conveying value in the brand message and then conveying value in the sales, you know, throughout that process. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I said, I mean, the, 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 the value proposition probably again, and they speak to it at a very high level. Um, you could go a lot deeper. I think in general, I think we probably do when we sit down with clients and, and have a discussion. Mm -hmm. um, somewhere in that part about how you talk to your customers and prospects, and what your image is, somewhere within there is where you're going to enter, where you're weaving in your value proposition. And your value, you know, your value proposition isn't always about, you know, cost. It's about what is it about this product that makes it important to me, that yeah. makes it relevant to me. I think so, one of the examples that I always think of when listening to this is the uh, the Nike logo. You know, the story is that it was done for about. I don't know, about $170 or something like that or 70 bucks. But when you look at the brand and the apparel that's printed on what it's valued at now, that logo is worth millions of dollars. And it's in, it's really crazy to think that a logo would cost that much, but there's logo projects that are $60,000 and up that that high because it's an investment. It's not just a logo. It's, it's that entire like message informs what the logo is going to be like. It's going to, you know, there's, there's just, things about it that are going to evoke something out of you as a consumer. Uh, Apple's logo does that. Um, you know, so there's, there's, there's an old story that the logo of Apple is um, the forbidden fruit and therefore there's a bite taken out of it. So Apple's like this forbidden thing and it's kind of like, Ooh. Um, and so every logo has some sort of meaning from it. So it's sort of something to pay attention to. And the value is always, unfortunately, it's not a seen value. Um, until the brand is successful, but if you don't start off the right foot, it'll never be successful. So it's sort of a, it, it's a risk. It's a blind, it's like a gamble, but we see so many brands and so many companies that have made that gamble and look at where they're at. And then other companies want to be like those places, but they don't understand what they did to get to that and what values, what, what, what was there at the base of it? Like Mitch said, like, why does your brand exist? You know, what's it stand for? 
you know, it's not asking like feed the children or, you know, unless that's your nonprofit and that's what you're there for. Um, you know, companies exist to make money. Yes. Because we have to pay employees. We have to pay for our own food on our own table. You know, let's be realistic. You know, that's it. Uh, you know, let me quiet down my email. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, when you're looking at uh, a situation like why does a brand exist, uh, it really is something that you have to look at as the leadership or the ownership of the company. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you getting up in the morning? Uh, you know, John and I had a conversation when we first started to get together. Uh, he was like, you know, if you get up in the morning and it ain't fun and it's your own company, maybe <laughs> think about doing something else. Or if <laughs> like, you know. If you have to justify that the reason you get out of bed is to get your paycheck, again, you know, you're not, uh, you're not really running your business. Your business is running you. And that's, yeah. it's not a fun place to be. It's actually very stressful. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think every business, you know, I think every business owner and, and business is going to go through those stages, certainly at the beginning, but even, you know, there are so many people right now struggling to keep their business afloat and all that, that they're, they're in that mindset again, where they, you know, it's survival at this point, not so much that higher brain where you get to do fun stuff and creative and get to do all the things you want with your business. It is, you know, you're going to go through those, those periods, but yeah, we say it all the time. If, if, what is it? Money's money's an outcome of following your passion. It's not, it's not the end goal necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a good brand strategy to work out what the message is, what you're going to do, and then you follow that up with the proper branding management and under brand management, you'll have your marketing teams, your advertising and all that. Is that there has to be a continuation, of course, after the brand. And we'll get to that in this series that we're doing. We're kicking off with brand message. So we'll get to brand management, what that looks like after you've had your brand guide made and all that, because there needs to be a continuation of things. And it's not just marketing. Because the, the thing is, it's marketing, 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 buzzword, 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 marketing, 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 marketing. I've said that for years. That's sort of the, the, the copy that everybody writes and puts on brochures and puts on websites and everything else. And it just doesn't touch anybody that you are trying to um, gain loyalty from as a customer or even as a new customer. You know, they're just, they, they've seen it before. I had a discussion today with somebody. I was like, yeah, you know, NerdBrand operates on the basis of if our clients are successful, then it trickles down to us being successful too. And, um, you know, I believe that very strongly. I think we all do here at NerdBrand believe that very strongly. Do we need to have that on a mission statement or business card? No, I just think that's good business practice. You know, I mean, if you put your customer first, you will see the results within your own brand, within your own company. Does it take longer? Well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, John and I wish that we were already at a certain level that we're not. But if we try to get to this level by just selling a bunch of widgets, as Mitch likes to call them, well, you know, I've seen and we've all seen within about a year, two years later, that place nosedives. And then they actually go right back to the levels that they started before they began that process. Mm -hmm. So the contract and many people call it a contracting of the business, you know, um, you can't, I guess. <laughs> probably manifest itself more so in uh, an employee contraction if you really want to look at it because you go you go that route and sell widgets and you just grind your people into the ground trying to just output you know anything and you're gonna you're gonna have turnover and and unhappy people doing mediocre work so I think, yeah. I think to some degree that that kind of bleeds into what you were saying Jonathan about your 
your brand, you know, your, your value proposition. That's got to be, that's not just a part of your sales message. It is part of your brand message because that's as much of who you are, which is what makes people gravitate towards you as anything else. Um, kind of dovetailing on what you guys are saying. If you're only in business to make money, you've, you've not done nothing to make yourself any different than anybody else. Because in at, at the most basic point, that's what everybody's in business for. So right. That doesn't make you any different. You can't put that on a you can't put that on a website. I can't be your headline on your website. We're here to we're here for you to buy stuff from us. That, <laughs> we're here to make money. <laughs> brand message that's not going to work. Just anybody's <laughs> thinking about it. You know, no, the only place not probably, a, there's only one brand that I know of that could probably get away with that, and that's Amazon. Because Amazon. Then start, yeah, you'd, you'd look at it and go, did they mean that like me because I got stuff on there to sell, or do they mean that for them because I got stuff on there to sell? <laughs> Or either way, you're a prime member and you're going to order from them. So they could put up there like deedle deedle and people would still. <laughs> you know, deedle. They could put anything on the homepage and people are still going to. The deedle deedle. Yeah. You say deedle deedle. I say derp a derp. And Mitch, you, you, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. There's your generational divide, everybody. Deedle deedle, <laughs> derp a derp, and Whatever. <laughs> I think we can end on that. No. I think, yeah, I think we can, I think we can move on to the next piece. Uh, last episode, John couldn't be with us because he was tired. It wasn't like tired, like T I R E D. It was tired. It was T A A A A A A R E D. And, uh, <laughs> you know, some other, I, I told me last week that he ate a bad peanut and that's what happened to him. But uh, he, he's actually with us today and he's got something he wanted to share with us last week. So, John. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we just got through with, with Black Friday, Cyber Monday and all the, the holiday shopping and uh, saw some interesting data. I think I caught it on Twitter and it was from uh, a company called Privy. Um, they're an app in the Shopify ecosystem that uh, helps you manage and, and get opt-in email subscribers. Uh, and they released some data saying that the, uh, the value of an email contact went from $16 to $33 from 2019 to 2020. So basically, you know, more than doubled within a year. Um, wow. and they're looking at that purely e-commerce. I believe they're using their data combined with Shopify's like black Friday, cyber Monday data. Um, and, and just overall kind of TikToks hit the scene big time, the SMS or text messaging as a marketing tactic and, and channel has been picking up lately, you know, over the last year or two. And I think that people are, you know, they get it. We talk about it all the time, the shiny object syndrome, not to say these things are bad, but they're, they're new. And so they're very attracting to, to go and try out or put all your eggs in that basket when the tried and true stuff is really still what works. Um, you know, you're, you're probably going to generate much more revenue from a, an active email list than you are from an active text messaging list. Um, and I think it's, it's, don't lose sight of what works currently, especially if you're running kind of an e-commerce brand. Email is still still that golden ticket to keeping yeah. those customers in tune, driving new customers, you know, onboarding new folks and, and all that. So yeah, it's some, some interesting data. And they just to, to wrap it up too, they released some additional data and uh, they were comparing the channels of email to organic search to social media and the conversion rate for email just beat everything else 
which is is not surprising to a lot of us but if you're in that that world where you're looking for that next big thing you're trying to play TikTok and and you don't have the foundations in place um you know you're probably going to be a little more disappointed with with the results if you haven't gotten the the core down yeah i mean it's i mean it's i mean it's great to have a toolbox full of tools which is what all of these things are but if you don't know when to use the right tool at the right time for the right purpose it's it's a kind of a moot discussion yeah but the thing is though is like everything that john talked about when he mentioned like email and how powerful it is and and, and all that a lot of our listeners i don't want them to think that ah that's it that's the next thing that i'm either going to sell to somebody or i'm going to do to grow my business i'm going to do email no that's one widget that's one channel right. you know currently right now there's people that we're talking to that we're trying to break out of that because it's a multi-channel effort. It's been a multi-channel marketing situation in, in since mm, 2005. Like you have well, to- forever. I mean, it's always been multi-channel. Well, There's just yeah, more channels not, now. It's not been recognized because see, not everybody can afford when you say multi-channel, everybody thinks everything. And it's like, no, that's where strategy comes in. Like many had, you know, the idea that, that the eyes, Facebook and Twitter, maybe it's just LinkedIn and TikTok and email that does it with your website, but the website's always the one thing that's neglected. And above that is the logo, the brand identity. And above that is the message, the why that we're getting into today, because it's like those mediums are saying whatever that was at the very top. And then your brand identity, the colors and everything that it evokes, that's the visual design that it's lending to for all those mediums and channels. So, you know, you, if you just start down here and try to work your way up, you're just going to look like a convoluted mess and unprofessional. And frankly, spam has gone through the roof since April uh, and hacks and all kinds of things. And so the more you look bad, frankly, for lack of a better word, the harder it is going to be for you to convert and grow and become, you know, to stand out in your market in, in where you are. And so brand message is important. So, if, you know, if you're going to open up and I'm going to do TikTok, eh, you might want to hold on a minute, <laughs> you know. Well, not, not even just that. It's, it's understand where TikTok fits into the mix, like you were saying. Um, I definitely, yeah, didn't mean to. That's a good, a good point to make. I didn't mean to imply that you should put all your eggs in email because that's a bad idea too because you have to have things to feed that list. You've got to. What is your email going to say? Right. What are you sending? Uh, not only that, but the people coming from social, yeah, they may not convert, but they might sign up for an email list and then convert down the road. Um, and so for, for TikTok, yeah, it's great for if you can get on that wave of, of, of viral brand awareness campaign. I mean, we had a local company I just saw on Business First who uh, I think he was selling some kind of spice and he went viral on TikTok and made a ton of sales, but he probably didn't make those sales directly from TikTok, you know, he, he's got a good website, probably he's got a, a good checkout experience. He's probably got email marketing going um, to, to capture some of those people who abandon their carts and things like that. So it's, it's like you said, don't, it's not the golden ticket. I shouldn't have said that. It's just one of the, <laughs> it's, it's a piece of the golden ticket, but it's that conversion point. That's super important that, you know, that's what people are looking for when they go to text messaging. And yeah. I think they're losing sight of the fact that, yeah, it can work, but email is still, is still a king in this world. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, I think, I think part of what we're, what we're saying here is that projecting your brand message is choreography. 
um, it, you, you need to line up all the right pieces in the right order, working in the right mix of emphasis, so to speak, at the right time. Um, and it, that, I mean, that speaks to the mediums you're going to use, whether it's TikTok, whether it's email, whether it's, uh, you know, other social media like Facebook or, or, or whatever, or even print. I mean, you've, you, you need to leverage each of those mediums in the right order with the right message at the right time in order to make the most of your, of your message. They're all great. They all do, can do great things. Um, it's just knowing where and when to apply them. Yeah. And now we're into the topic of brand message and what is brand message? Well, it's what you're saying. It's what you look like. It's if you really want to try to get down, it may hurt Mitch's ears for me to say this, but if you really want to get down to kind of understand, like, cause as a business owner, you don't know like how hard it is. I was talking to somebody today and they were like, wow, I didn't know that it was that complex. What you do is that complex and that, you know, stakes are that big. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to see that until you're in it. You know, you don't know, like when you look at a pond of water, you don't know how deep it is until you get into it. And uh, so branding and the message actually prepares you for that. You know, imagine if you see a pond of water and you're like, oh, it's only a couple of feet deep. I can wade in that. Somebody should probably put up a sign that says no diving. <laughs> it's there for a reason because, yeah, it's a couple of feet deep, you know. Um, but, you know, what if that's not water? What if that's like, I don't know, toxic waste. You won't know that unless somebody puts a sign up. Like branding gives you that cue. A brand message gives you the cue. Like this is what this is. This is what the context is of this. And it provides context um, for what this business is trying to accomplish and what it can do for you to solve your problem. And, you know, brand messaging is, it's, it starts there. It's got to do something in order to lend to that. Uh, quite often we get lost in business strategy and talk like that. What's What's the uh, value proposition? What's the deedle, deedle, derp, derp, and whatever's, you know? And we don't remember that we're talking to people that have no idea who are in our world what in the heck that means. And we forget. We all three here do that. You know, I watch Mitch quite often pontificate about branding. And then I have to remind him, like, yeah, but you've been doing that in 30 years and nobody really knows what that means. They don't know what that word means. It needs to be a glossary of terms. And even if you do that, many places out there are selling a product that is not that term, like digital marketing. Somebody define that. Well, you can Google it and find the definition, but that's not going to get you more customers. That's not going to get you more money at the end of the month. It's, you know, that's just not, sorry, that, that's a thing that has an umbrella that contains underneath it things like email and social and all these channels. Like you've got to have a strategy. You've got, what are you going to do that you can afford in budget that also aligns with your company's purpose and message? Uh, that's messaging. So anyways, again, podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mitch, you said you had an example of a brand uh, that puts its message. Was that your tidbit? Was that the, what it was or was it someone else? No, I mean, well, it basically I, I was probably talking in reference to, to, to the Hartford. I mean, I mean, part of, part of, part of their value proposition is the, the number of things they bring to their customers that gives them even more value, like having information like this on their website for, um, for their customers to access. That gives their customers another reason to interact with them and another reason to to uh, to value them as a, as a vendor. 
because they're giving them things that they wouldn't necessarily immediately think of as a source. But at the same time, the information they're giving them and what is of high quality and it's 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 valuable. It has value to it. It's something they can use. Um, yeah. What's the what's the upper level of that? I don't know much about the company. I mean, obviously they're trying to reach, I guess, business owners with with that piece of content. And so, how does that roll up into maybe what their their overall brand messages, their overall brand strategy? If anybody's familiar, more familiar with the company, I'm just trying to break it down how because that's a tactic that's a that's a piece of content mm-hmm. it's got to fit into that like we just talked about that hierarchy well what's what's interesting i'd never seen i haven't received any kind of overtures or anything like that from them promoting them as a source of, of branding and sales information i've i've never seen anything from them that that that's something they tell it's just one. Well, it's just i i'm guessing that and perhaps with their business clientele, and there's probably other uh, avenues of communication they're using to kind of support this, this um, kind of support this role of being and more an advocate for their clients as something more than just an insurance agent. Mm-hmm. They're an overall, you know, we want to see your business succeed not just by providing you a quality insurance product, but by being a partner, a, a larger. Uh, partner in your business by being able to provide you other valuable information that would be helpful in keeping you successful. I think the one thing I've never, I haven't seen anything. I think there's one thing that's probably missing for me out of that is the, uh, and this may answer John's query is that um, like with us, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to toot our horn a little bit. Um, You know, we work, we, everybody says that we're for the client. Everybody says that we want to see you succeed. I mean, this is sort of a, I don't know of anybody that's going to get as a company stand up and in any medium like this or other and go, you know, we really don't care about the client. We just kind of want to get paid and do our thing and, you know, whatever. You know, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to not say our clients are first. Nobody's not going to do that because that's just, you just might as well shoot yourself now and be done because it's just what's going to happen to you. Is you're, you're not going to exist as a business in very, very long. So all of us obviously put our customer first, but how do you show that? How does that connect? Well, you have to have case studies and reviews. You have to allow your clients to have a platform to actually communicate with you and give you praise or maybe even give you criticisms. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about Google reviews. I'm just talking about just regular account management, talking to each other, because if they're happy with that, then they'll give you that Google review when asked or when you ask them for it. Um, so case studies are something that you just measure. Like we're all really great about looking internally as, as business owners internally, like, oh, how are my employees performing? Well, let's do an employee review every quarter. Oh man, I just want to take a manual drill and just at that, you know, because I've been in several organizations where they wanted to review me every three months. And I'm like, and for what? I mean, this campaign six months. So, I mean, I don't have anything to tell you yet. Because uh, they but, want you to know that you're they want you to know that you're they're looking over your shoulder because they see that as some form of motivation. Yeah, and it's not. It's actually it's, it's demoralizing and it's kind of makes you very anxious and all that. But when we do case studies, we do them as proof of success. And but we can also look at them as, you know, we're not gonna do a case study that goes, well, we messed that up. You know, that's not gonna happen. We're obviously we know what courses to take and correct because everybody that we work with, we want to see succeed. So we're immediately on the ball of like, hey guys, you're messing up and here's why. We're not afraid to tell them that. 
um, and, and try to help them correct that course of action because it benefits us to have a good case study with them as a client than for us to kind of let them just kind of go off the rails. Um, and I know there's sometimes that, you, you know, in every business that there's customers that we all have, and not just in agencies, but just anywhere that, you know, you can't stop them from touching the hot stove or, you know, doing the thing. And you just kind of have to say, well, that's a shame. And then just kind of move on. <laughs> so, you know, in web, you know, quite often web design and a lot of people like to sell websites because it's a quick, you know, hit of money. The way we do it is, yeah, we have a certain cost for the site, but we break it up over a period of months, however long that is to uh, include, hopefully within a retainer, other things besides web that are going on at that time. Because, you know, if you have a website and it takes a year to build it, and sometimes there's site projects that take a whole year, um, what are you doing in the meantime? You know, there needs to be something going on. Your business cannot put a put the brakes on until that website's done. Um, so there's things that we do. That we the reason that we do that is to incorporate. And it's a little bit different in selling a website. Most people sell a website and say it's a one-time fee. Here it is, be done in 30 days. Whoa, that's probably not going to work well. And you'll find that out in about six months. Um, I'm just going to be blunt. Uh, as, after doing this for all the years that I've done it, quite often people get a commercial theme, a template or whatever, and they go out and they put their website online. And then in six months, they're like, well, I need to make this change. We need to do this. We need to add this. Why is it so slow? Well, it wasn't made for you to add that on there. <laughs> it was a template that was made to be sold to the masses. It was not tailored for you and your message that you're trying to send out and broadcast. Uh, and so therefore it's not working. And there's, there's ways to do that with UX data and research to show you, even through interviewing people that use your website, that this is the block they're trying to, they're, they're having. They don't know what you do. They don't understand it. They don't understand what you're putting in front of them. Those are things that we do that get into that retainer as we either go through that build or as we go through the strategy for that build that we're going to do. And that's very different. And it does have a little bit of a longer spin. It may delay your dream and plans, but we know that if we do it right from beginning, that you're going to have success. And clients that we have now that John just actually put this out on our LinkedIn page about vetiver, uh, works. It works if you plan it and we're not done with that client. It's not like we did that thing and then that's it. No, there's more we're doing. There's more coming. So keep your eye on nerd brand social channels. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> we haven't really even got into the, the brand, not necessarily mm -hmm. anything away, but we haven't, uh, I mean, that's almost all tactical stuff. We haven't really implemented a strategy with them yet. Mm -hmm. That's coming. And, you know, the data is already good. The revenue jumps are already good. So once they once they go through that process of brand strategy and messaging and bringing that to life in the creative, um, you know, sky's the limit with e-commerce these days, especially with, with a product like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it, that's the thing. And that's an example of in the case studies on our site at nerdbrandagency.com. If you want to go and find that uh, under our portfolio. Um, but, you know, that's an example of what I mean by, look, they couldn't pull the brakes until we got done with that. We had to do what we had to do with what we had to work with so that we could get them to where they are so that it could enable them to get to that place. And that's not, I know that sounds like I was saying earlier and it goes in reverse, but it wasn't, you know, we, this is their goal, but this is what they got. So let's see what we can do to kind of clean this up to make this profitable work 
so that when we get this straightened out, it just is going to smooth it out. It's just going to be, you know, a dream for them. And, and, and that's, that's the whole purpose of it. And the fact they're willing to engage us with that, uh, it creates a long-term relationship. You know, Mitch, you just said partner. Well, that's what a partnership looks like. It's not buying a website and the website's done like, all right, all right. Thanks. I think, I think it highlights a really, a really key point that people have to, they just have to accept is that you're not gonna, you're not gonna become some, I'm not saying become some Apple brand, like almost no brand on earth is gonna become Apple, no matter how hard they try right. or Amazon. But even that, you know, that mainstream brand in Kroger or, or Walmart or whatever, um, you know, you're not going to become that overnight. You're not going to become that in a year. It's not going to happen through one web website redesign or even one rebrand project. It's a, it's a constant ongoing thing. And I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people haven't seen how those brands operate. You know, we've been lucky to kind of see how that works just through different experience, work in different places. Um, you know, thinking back to when I worked with Brown Foreman, we would finish the, <laughs> the brand strategy for Old Forester or, Corbell Champagne or some some big household brand like that, and we would finish it, and then within probably I would say two months, we were back in the room, looking at more data, maybe even sooner than that, looking at more data, and altering the brand positioning based on that. Mm -hmm. Two months, I mean, it was never it never stopped, and uh, it's 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 not a it's not a roadmap to an end point. Mm -hmm. It's it's a go it's a goal it's it's a it's a way of life for a brand. This is how you, this is the way you live your life as a brand on a day to day basis. And you continue, you continue to do that and, and adjust as you go on for the lifetime of your brand. I mean, it's, why, do you, why do you guys think that that doesn't happen? Not just in small businesses, but even, you know, midsize, I, I don't, the, the big corporate brands, I'm not so much interested in, in, in trying to dissect them, but folks that we help on a day-to-day -day basis are that that small to medium-sized business money and yeah and I, it's, 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 it. it's because it, and not when i say money i mean it's that they have a bill due next week yeah they have an invoice due next week they have payroll due next week yeah the the vision doesn't go any further than that yeah. and i think that's where the roadblock comes in you have to be able to train yourself as a discipline to say, okay, yeah, I need those things. I have to have those things. Jason, you say it all the time. You know, marketing will not replace a bad business model. Well, your business model has to become, I'm going to do business and a necessity of doing business is paying all these things. But to be successful for the long term, I have to approach my brand and my customers in this fashion every day for the lifetime that this brand exists. And by doing that, I'll be able to meet those day-to-day, -day, weekly, monthly demands. Because you have to meet those demands to be a business. That's never yeah. going to change. Right. Uh, well, and I think that. But that, to but to be able to fulfill that, you you pursue that goal every day, and always be adjusting and always focusing mm -hmm. on what will continue to propel it. I think I it's. Know. I think it's. Uh, there's only like three things, but I'm gonna let John do his. Uh, what, what were you gonna say, John? Just really quick, and I know we're kind of going off off the brand message, but I think we're talking that the people we're talking to, I think it's important mm -hmm. for them to at least think about this if they haven't before. And it's it's really the differentiation between 
being a technician in your business and being an operator. And we've all heard it before. I think if we, if you've been in business for a while, especially in a startup, you've got to get out of that technician phase. If you ever want to have the time and the, the luxury and the view, the vision to be able to implement a brand and, and a strategy, because if you're always down there, you know, Monday through Thursday doing the work, it's not enough just to spend Fridays thinking about your brand. You mm-hmm. need to be doing that Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday. If you're, you know, if you're a startup, and I think that's, that is a challenge of business. It's not as simple as like, well, I'm going to get up next Monday and, and be an operator, not a technician, but it's, it's a problem you have to solve within your business. How do I implement the systems? And we do it every day. We're, we're trying to do that every day, implement the systems that free us up to think about the bigger picture and do that higher level thinking. And I think that's where, you know, that is kind of the determinant of, of a successful small business and a non-successful one. It's how we have survived. <laughs> it's how we are still here. You know, we started in 2020, April 1st, April fools. Um, but we're here, you know, and a lot of that is because we had recognizing that, okay, number one, how do you manage your money? If you're sitting down weekly looking at it, you should be, you really should. Um, but should you be doing payroll? No. Should you be the CPA of your company? No. Should you be doing the bookkeeping of your company? No. Should you be sending the invoices out yourself every month? No. You shouldn't be handling those things because that's the biggest time suck that you're going to have. And that's when you start going down the rabbit hole and you forget about these things and why they don't think about these things. That is why money is that thing that has torn asunder businesses and marriages and, you know, any sort of relationships. And when you get down to it, at the end of the day, business owners are people and we have bad habits and those bad habits get into play like very quickly, especially when you're in crisis, Um, you start to lose track of what's important. You know, with my dad being sick, you know, my mom is not able to focus on what's going to happen and what's the future look like. So I've been that person to sit here and tell her, like, these are the steps and the things that are going to happen within the next two to three years. And it's given her a lot of comfort and helped her uh, while she focuses on my dad's care because she's his wife and he's used to it. He's used to that. You know, a diet, you take a personal diet, takes that one thing to throw off that entire diet. A diet is not a thing you adhere to for a little bit to lose a little bit of weight. It's a lifestyle change that you now have for the rest of your life. Because if you don't, you're going to have weight gain, drop, weight gain, drop. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's discipline. So the other thing that's missing aside from being all focused on the money, it is discipline, frankly. Uh, that's the one thing that business owners, I think maybe not, maybe not like to hear in this podcast, but we really kind of suck at discipline sometimes and making sure that we don't do those things. But it's hard to do that because there's a lot of distractions that happen, you know. Um, so, and those distractions happen within the company, and they happen from with you know coming from the outside as well. So you have to be very disciplined on figuring out like, what am I going to address? What's really important? And sometimes I think you know, in the context of I've got to make payroll. Yeah, that's important. Um, but how do I get there to make payroll? You forget, you know. You just kind of look at the numbers you have. And you look at the balance you have in the bank, but you don't think about like, how am I going to get a bigger balance? How am I going to do that? And what's the mechanism that's going to allow me to draw in people that will not only pay me more, but stay with me more and be that partner. And it's all this, it's the message. It's like, why are you doing it? 
You know, if you're just doing it to fill in the balance on your sheet, then people are kind of feel like a number. They kind of feel like you're, you're, they're a pawn in your scheme. They're not, you know, there's nothing that is fulfilling for them or for you when it's over with, because when it's not a, it's not a race, you know, to quote Simon. Yeah. People need to see growth and they need to feel like they're a part of it. They need purpose. And and your customers do as well. It's not just internal, but I I think that's a key point. Your customers aren't going to come to you just because you need to make payroll. Yeah. There's a purpose. So, you know, for nerd brand, everything at its core, if you want to boil it down is a proverb called without a vision, the people will perish. You have to have a vision for your company. You have to have why you're doing And that's why we say why, why is how we communicate that vision. And you know, the whole, the whole nerd thing is easily explained by a Will Wheaton quote. If you want to know like why nerd brand and all that, you know, because we do believe it's, you know, not what you love, it's how you love it, you know? So it doesn't matter like if it's comic books or whatever, you know, you love helping people in your business with that particular service. You know, there's a, you know, we've had on our show, uh, Dave Wilson at Legacy uh, Estates since Home Estates. And it's, it's, it's a thing that, um, sorry, Dave, if I butchered your company name, um, boy, just have you come back on the okay. podcast. Just not talk about Amazon and their logo this time, dude. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like his company is, is designed to help people going through the phase that I'm getting ready to go through with my parents. You know, I've got to deal with their house. I've got to deal with their possessions. You know, if God forbid something happens to them, he also comes in and, and helps with that because as you're grieving, your mind is not in a phase where you can handle those things. So his purpose is obviously to make money like any other business, but it's to help people in a time of great need. And, you know, he's, it's good, you know, and he's also added on to the fact he can help sell the house or sell the car or whatever else you need to sell. I mean, he's an auctioneer and that's what they do. You know, we're here to facilitate a need. And that need is that, you know, you're looking at your books every month and you're like, I'm having more and more. I'm seeing the money kind of do that. And unfortunately, when you do marketing advertising, you need to be carving out a budget line for what you're going to spend every month. You know, there's nothing we can do if you have zero to work with. Um, That's kind of like going to the grocery store and and begging. You know, you're not going to get very far. Um, But you know, and, and we are very aware, aware of that as ourselves. We have to market nerd brand. We do that where we have something in play that we're working on as well for ourselves, but it's the hardest thing to do because, you know, you're setting aside money that you don't know if it's going to work. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's kind of marketing. We're all reliant on people's reactions to our brand and our, me- that's why you have to really work on the message and not just kind of sit there and dream up a message in a boardroom. You really need to get out and talk to people, get out of the boardroom and talk to people, see what their reaction is to that message. Uh, when you say it does, it, does it make them go, does it make them wonder? Does it make them imagine? Does it make them do that? You know, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into that, that we can help you with. Uh, so uh, bringing to my point, the third thing is education. Uh, the reason they don't do it is because of education. They're just not, they don't know. They've been told. Marketing, 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 buzzword marketing. They don't know about all this other stuff we're saying today. So hopefully something resonates that will get them thinking about it. Start creating that budget line in your company to, you know, for us to help. Because we got to eat too. <laughs> I'm not buying more toys. I promise. That's not, not what I do. So. <laughs> well, I think the a good point is, you know, it's hard to do right now with no networking events, but 
Yes. If you go to a networking event and you spend an hour there talking to people and you don't leave there a little more excited about the fact that you shared your brand with or your, your business <laughs> with other people, then uh, your, your brand message, something's off. You know, you should, you should leave there with some confidence that you're heading in the right direction, that there was a positive response. Like you said, was that curiosity? Do you feel like somebody might actually come around and, and ask you more about your company and why you do what you do? And did you make any visceral connection with anybody? Because, you did, know. Did, did they seem interested in you because for some other reason, other than the fact that you said, I make widgets? Right. Was there something yeah. else about your business that you told them that captured their imagination, that made them intrigued, that, that made them want to know more? Started Not just about that thing you do or you make. Yeah. Right. Mitch and I experienced that when, when networking events were open, Mitch and I would go to networking events and we would actually sit there and talk and we were kind of in wonder why people were so curious about us. And it wasn't because of the name nerd brand, <laughs> even though that was a trigger, you know, we'd give a business card and that'd be the first thing they look at is that business card. You know, if you're getting your business cards from Vistaprint and it's printed on that really crappy flimsy paper and the colors aren't very vibrant and it's hard to read the copy. Well, that's what we mean you need to fix. We need to fix it now. It's not something to fix later. That needs to fix now because that can be when networking comes back, that's going to be a first impression. You need to fix your website. You need to fix your creative. You need to fix the message that's on that so it's understood. And we always got complimented for what we had. Nobody ever read on our business card what we did. They just looked at the business card, looked at the name, and that's all we needed because we didn't need a fancy slogan on it. We just... It opened, it froze them enough because when you're a networking event, everybody's there to talk about themselves, not really talk about the other person, but you should be talking about the other person. You should be asking them things. So there's rules in networking that I think that maybe one day we'll podcast on, but um, it seemed to play in our favor because we took such care and expense for that one item to be right. Uh, It gave us that five minutes in this busy networking event to tell our story. And we've ever had them hooked and fans ever since. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 did you walk away having started long-term conversations? Because again, if you just, if you left that event or whatever it is, if you're talking to anybody, it doesn't have to be a networking event. If you're talking to anybody about your brand and your, your business and why you do what you do and, and it ends there when you walk away from that person, if they're your customer, that's a big deal. You know, if they're not your customer, then so be it. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of that common differentiation between transactional and relationship, you know, marketing and sales. If it's very transactional and you're walking away from that person and they're, they're not more curious to talk to you again, or they don't have anybody in mind who might want to talk to you again, it's, it's, it's a signal that what you're putting out there and what your brand message is and how you talk about why you do what you do. There's a gap somewhere. It's not connecting with with humans. <laughs> it may look good on a piece of paper. It may sound good in your head, but it's not connecting with other people. And that's that's where you need to sit down and, and maybe bring in some outside help because you're just not, you know, it's hard to, to get out of the tunnel vision and see what you need to see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ending on that note, uh, you know, uh, this podcast, you can find this on Spotify. You can find this on iTunes. You can find us now on YouTube. Uh, all of our social networks on Facebook, on Twitter uh, is uh, you find us at Nerd Brand Agency. That's our handle. 
Uh, we are working to get more views, more likes and subscribers on YouTube so we can get that custom vanity Earl that everybody covets on YouTube. So be sure to check us out on YouTube and like and subscribe to that video. And uh, yeah, I'll even say it. Click the bell so that you get alerts on the next podcast. Our, our editor will put that in somewhere. <laughs> Trust us, it'll be there. It will be there. Uh, and we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, we hope that, uh, you know, get something out of this. But uh, yeah, as we continue on this three-part series about brand message, uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're here every, we record every Friday, we try to publish every Friday, Tuesday, middle of the week. You'll see it on the website. You can watch the video and chapters of it. And we appreciate it. So everybody out there, remember, keep your nerd brand strong. <laughs>